conditions of how I rose up through the ash and go, go, go to the finish. And so it's written, tell me what the hell to do with possible conventions that I've seen. Well, skeletons are hot, I truly wonder if at all I'll ever catch hope. Cause every time I get close, it crumbles in my pumps. Oh, no, no, don't know no notions in this life in which I don't know emotions or no hope that those are rightfully mine. And so I just go by and try to so I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, November 23rd. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, and this one definitely won't, <laughs> we do encourage, and in some cases, uh, start conversations. We don't do prayers, and we don't do buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity, and we may step on a few toes along the way, and I think we will today. <laughs> uh, but our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. <sighs> And we do it all right here from the Cattaraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind people that uh, our audio streams live at www.letstalknative.com. We stream live video of the show on our Facebook group page via Facebook Live. Our shows are available as podcasts on your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, we take the video of this show. We post it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. So I encourage people to subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channels. Where the numbers are looking pretty good, and it seems like we're, eh, we're we're picking up some some steam here a little bit. But the more you you check out our podcasts and share them, the more you check out our videos and share them, the more people. Um, join all of us in these conversations, and that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, I am the show's host and producer. I am John Kane, and I'm joined in studio by Jake Proud, who's managing our video and our audio. All right, we we we, we battle with exactly what we're going to put for like the, the the topic here, and uh, and I wasn't afraid to to say <laughs> to throw God is dead question mark up on there in the topic so um look i'm not suggesting that uh, that anybody you know killed god um in, in fact i would part of what i would talk about is, is where this comes from where does the whole god belief the god theory you know the intelligent design and uh higher power not or not just even higher power but higher being you know so all of this stuff um did God create man or did man create God? And I think it's pretty compelling uh, evidence that suggests it's, uh, it's, you know, man created God. Um, but we get, there, there's this whole thing where, where God and creator and, and native culture and history and stories get manipulated and, and jammed in. So it either can fit in comfortably with Christian beliefs. I had, a, you know, one of the friends that I have today, who is somebody that I consider a very good friend. We didn't start out this way. <laughs> One of the things that she wanted to do in the beginning was she wanted to, um, in her in her teaching Sunday school job, she wanted to do the comparisons about native spirituality and Christianity. She approached somebody that I know. I didn't even know this woman. You know, didn't, didn't know her at all. But she approached somebody who I did know and ran the idea by him. And, and this is my my buddy uh, Bob Delamonte over at Tuscarora Woodworks, and uh, he was vending at at a museum, and and she ran the idea by it, and he says, ah, you might not want to do that, and and she she just for the life of her couldn't imagine why not, and so he gave her my card and says, yeah, check this guy out, listen listen to his show. Well, she did, and you know, and, and in spite of her strong Christian upbringing, I think she cursed at me a few times. Uh, <laughs> she couldn't believe what she was hearing, and she had all she could do to just, you know, keep herself from, you know, reaching out to me and try to slap me through the airwaves or, or whatever. Um, but and she clicks it off, and then she listens again, and then she starts trying to challenge me a little bit, and she was being, you know, careful about it, but. Yeah, and and we're talking about everything from Thomas Jefferson and the Mankato, Minnesota hangings, uh, or I mean, Abraham Lincoln. I'm sorry, Thomas Jefferson and the idea that that he was behind the you know the beginning you know, the removal act, not Andrew Jackson. You know some of the 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 you know obviously his role with slavery and 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 you know and just all of it. I mean everything that I talked about in terms of American history seemed to defy her strongly held beliefs and you know and how it affected things like her patriotism and everything else but we went back and forth uh with this and 
and and I put the simple, you know, the simple challenge out there is: look, if if I say something that you don't agree with, check it out. You know, you know, um, Google it, <laughs> find out. And as she began to Google more of the stuff that I was saying about, and this is again, I know I'm getting away from the the religion thing here a little bit, but um, uh, she learned that the stuff that I was talking about was true, and. And then became, you know, start questioning a lot of other things uh, and uh, her own, her own education, which is one of the things that I experience a lot when I, especially when I do live events and, and I actually get a chance to interact with people. The thing that I hear most from people is they can't believe how much they feel betrayed by their education. It didn't matter if they're PhDs or they had, you know, doctors, master's degrees, you know, it didn't matter what they were, how, how many years they spent in college or teaching and, then they hear something from me that they never heard before and they just, they can't believe it. So, you know, but I guess my point getting back to to this, this woman who's, who's a friend of mine is her immediate belief was that she could make this connection between native spirituality and Christianity and, and show how they compare and how they line up. And the reality is what is um, promoted today as native spirituality it does line up why because most of our stories have been bastardized they they have been cannibalized they have been they have been so altered that the meaning of the stories and i mean everything from creation story to you know what we do what people call ceremonies the idea that our festivals our thanksgivings have now been turned into more like religious sacraments in fact we have to list longhouse as a religion when when asked what what, what is your religion people put long like our like we are like it's a religion we interchange the word creator for god so we feel better about it ignoring the old customs that talked about the power of creation yeah look we have a story where we we, we use the the expression you know he who creates and we talk about the twins the right hand and the left hand twin but you know these are stories and neither one of those guys not the right-handed twin i mean the right-handed twin isn't god and the left-handed twin isn't satan that's just what we did to that story the whole idea of the left-handed twin and the right-handed twin as a part of our creation story was about balance and harmony. Harmony isn't unison. Harmony is this idea that you can have two different things happening at the same time that work together. So whether it's two people singing different notes, like the definition of harmony, or three or four, a four-part harmony is beautiful. And that's all four people singing something that's completely different sometimes not even the same words or the same vowels or the consonants or you know but that's what harmony is right it's about different things working together it's not just about tolerance <laughs> you know diversity and tolerance no it's not it's it's literally this idea of these of these these things that can see on the face of things face of it could look like they're converging but they but they they meld together in a way they don't wash each other out the sum becomes greater than the parts. And, but instead, because of the, look, the, the oppression, the genocide, the, you know, the assimilation, all of that stuff. I mean, not just residential schools. I mean, I'm troubled. And I, and I say it all the time by the, by the level of native people who will arm themselves in defense of the United States. I'm troubled by how many native people have accepted Christianity or a version of Christianity, which can be this idea of trying to Christianize our belief systems and promote that as, as, as being native. I mean, it troubles me because I know what the doctrine of Christian discovery has done. I know what, what religious heretics have done throughout history. And, you know, I, I'm I'm with with Chris Hitchens on on some of this stuff. I mean the or, this this whole idea that most of the violence that man perpetrates against each other has religion at its core. So when I put up "God is dead" with a question mark, I'm not sure that God was ever alive, and 
And the fact that we, as Native people, have grabbed that God complex, if you will, that, that God you know belief thing, and then we change it, we put another word in there. And look, they do that too. I mean, their Declaration of Independence, yeah, they use the word creator in that. They don't use God. All men are uh, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Yeah. And that wasn't our word either, but we start to, we start to sound that way. So I have some basic, um, you know, questions about all this stuff. And, and I throw it out here. Look, and I know there are people today, you know, who are you know, already planning to go to church tomorrow. And there are people, you know, there, there are some longhouse folks who, who, um, want to treat our culture as a religion and we get into this whole idea of spirituality and and the supernatural and you know the very concept of supernatural is not ours because we understood the power of nature and what could be more powerful than the natural what would have to be supernatural because the most incredible things about creation are absolutely part of nature. I mean, that's what that's what it is. So this is, you know, so, so I'm going to have this conversation. Look, I, always, I start every show and I, and I say how we don't do prayers. We don't do Buffalo speeches. I'm not going to, you know, come, come on the air. I'm not going to do a show where I open with a prayer. Even though, look, uh, in the hour before I do my show, I have my own version of the Ohunda Grivodekwa, the, the Gununyok, as, uh, as people know it. And I, and, and I run it on a, uh, if, if you tune in at 9 o'clock, the thing that you're going to hear at 9 o'clock is, uh, is me doing uh, the opening, doing the Ohunda the words before all else. Uh, I recorded a number of years ago. I'm going to re-record it, as a matter of fact. I, I noticed I got a couple of grammatical issues with it, but uh, um but that's not a prayer. And I know people treat it as that. I've heard people call it a prayer. I've heard people call it a, a Thanksgiving address. And it's not even really that. I mean, the whole idea of doing these words before all else, the, the reason we do it is for the people who are there, the people who have gathered, so the people who are listening. The reason we, we speak these words is so we can we can bring our minds together on the things that we know we agree on so whether we're talking about mother earth or we're talking about the sky we're talking about all of life you know from the you know the 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 sea creatures to the you know to the plant life to the you know the birds and the animals all that we we talk about we we acknowledge them and we acknowledge our relationship with them and we do that and we go again from the from the ground all the way up starting with the people, but from the ground all the way up. And we talk about the relationship. And we the reason we do that is so we prepare those people who are about to, to listen, either listen or participate or whatever, who have come together. And, and I say the same thing, whether you've come together just to listen to this online. So we can at least agree on certain things. So, because, look, we're going to say some things sometimes. When we get into meetings, um, there can be sharp words. There can be disagreement. So at least let's begin from a place where we acknowledge certain things to be our shared truths before we get into the issues that we may need to debate a little bit. You know, when we do the Ohundogori Udekwa, we're, the, the assumption is that these are foregone conclusions. Now, the reason we bring them up and the, and the reason sometimes the, the this Gununyo can last for not just 40 minutes, but it can last for an hour. It can last for several hours. The reason is because we tailor that message to the, you know, to the event that we're, we've come together for. And sometimes we have to pay particular attention to details that are a part of creation that maybe we don't talk about enough. So when we do this and we bring people together and we, and we have these conversations, we do it in a way that we remind each other what makes us not just human beings, not just the distinct human beings that we are, but the connection that we have to, to everybody else. I mean, that's what we do. But it's, it's not, a, we're not giving thanks to the creator. And I mean, look, some people may, I mean, I don't, I, there, I'm not saying there's a wrong way to do the opening, but that's not the way that, uh, that it was taught to me. 
So when I do even an English version of the uh, I do it in a way that it communicates the way I was taught. And, and so it's about bringing people together. That's why we say, now our minds are one. I mean, it's, it's literally what we say, or some people say, so, so be in our minds or whatever, whatever we say at the end of each, um, message there, we, we say it in a way that it, that it brings us together. Now, I, to call it a prayer is again, it's emulating a completely different culture. Our, our ceremonies, our Thanksgiving addresses, our festivals, as we call them, whether we talk about the major ones or, or all of the ones, which essentially one a month, one a moon. The, the reason we have these is uh, these are celebrations. These are festifications. It's what we do. It's part of our social fabric. Now, the fact that some have tried to turn them into religious sacraments and 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 we treat the attendance of them as you know as like a a ritual and we i mean where i go to ceremony i don't go as often as i should where i go there's laughter all the time and it, and it's not a somber thing it's not like this holy thing that you that you've gone there for you know you're not going to see kids scolded for making a little bit of noise and of course we have dance and everything else associated with it. But the whole idea, it's a social gathering. It is not intended to be some strict religious sacrament. You know, like sitting in a church. But some of us have turned it into that. I, I In fact, I remember a number of years ago, my grandson was playing uh, lacrosse in Allegheny, playing for the Allegheny Arrows, and they had artificial turf in the uh, in their their arena out there in Allegheny. And um, in fact, um, behind the Longhouse, <laughs> and in the, part of the the artificial turf um, was done with the with the with the Hiawatha belt. And I heard it said by some older folks there. That's sacrilegious. That's never supposed to be on the ground. Nobody should be walking. For one thing, does anybody know where wampums come from? They come from, they're picked off the ground and they're out of the water. I mean, they're, that's where they come from. But the, the idea that this wampum belt, and I'm not, you know, decry or I'm not trying to diminish its, its significance, but the idea that it would, it, it would or should be treated with this you know, religious, holy, um, I don't know, shroud of Turin, I don't know, holy grail kind of thing. I don't know. Oh, look, the, the, the reality is many of the wampum belts of ours, often they, they had been sold, recovered, others sold again. I mean, uh, they, they haven't always been treated with the reverence that, that people would like to suggest they, they should be today. And, and, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be treated with some reverence, but, um, the idea that an image of the wampum belt on the ground was somehow sacrilegious. I mean, it's, I mean, I think what Christians have done with the whole, all the gold and glass and ornate churches and everything else, that's pretty good departure from, you know, from the, the Jesus narrative. <clears throat> you know, I mean, they got these castles, these, I mean, they are literally, I mean, if you show a child a church who doesn't know what church is, they think they're castles. And I'm not even talking about the mega churches, these modern mega churches in the south and that kind of stuff. I mean I mean it's it's absurd. Again, the extravagance, the you know, the opulence, the 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 gaudiness of it all. I mean it's 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 pretty incredible. And it's and again, I'm not a big student of Jesus here, but you know, from what I've read and and I've read quite a bit, um, most of the people who promote you know, the Christian faith couldn't be farther from what Jesus Christ actually promoted. And of course, now when you talk, talk about Christianity, you got this whole stress between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the wrathful God, the angry God, the, you know, the fire and brimstone God, and then the loving Jesus. 
<laughs> Look, they don't even match up. But, you know, that's we're supposed to believe that that stuff's all, you know, the, the word of God, right? Or whoever. I mean, the reason I'm bringing some of this stuff up is because here's what religion does. It takes us and our responsibility out of the equation. Look, even, again, getting into, into some of the, the practitioners of native spirituality, when I hear somebody say, well, the creator, you know, um, uh, predetermined how many days you were going to have to live. I'm saying, no, he didn't. He didn't. No, give it, listen to me. And yes, creator with the OR, it is meant to have a masculine, you know, look, it's meant to be a he, right? So when it, the creator, he predetermined how many, you know, what your life was going to be. So then what? I, I, <laughs> so he said, people, well, give me an eight ball and a cheeseburger. <laughs> I mean, really? So it doesn't matter what we do to ourselves because, you know, it's been predetermined. It's fate. So we have no role or responsibility. It's all been predetermined by God or creator or both or one and the same. No, no. We choice isn't just a game is isn't just a game that God or a creator decided. Well, hey, let's let's let them make some choices. We're going to make them. They only have so many days. So let, let's see how bad they can screw up. I got to tell you, if there's a God or a. Um, an intelligent designer of all this stuff he's a prick i mean he's done some pretty mean stuff i mean and i'm not just talking about hitler and you know um you know um who's the guy uh uh, uh, uh leopold i'm not talking you know stalin uh, you know um Mao Zedong. look i'm not even talking about those guys i mean cancer i mean uh the plagues i mean you know, floods, a tsunami. The day after Christmas, a few years ago, I mean, man, that's more than a few years ago. A tsunami just wipes out a quarter of a million people. I mean, and you're going to suggest that that was God's plan? All of those people were it was he what he was low on souls. He had to take them all that day. Come on, slavery. And I'm not just talking about the American slavery. We can get, we can get into the you know the slavery and the you know in the Bible and all that other slavery, war. I mean, death by uh, you know look United States. I mean, it was a an act of uh, you know a God blessed country to drop two d- atomic bombs, nuclear bombs on on Japan. Really? I mean, come on. At some point, you've got to somehow believe. That you know, God's cruel. If you if you gotta if you gotta believe in God, then or Jesus or the Creator, you gotta believe He's pretty damn cruel. Look at the suffering that Native people have experienced in five hundred years. And what we're gonna pray for relief? Well, how are the prayers working out for us? How's that working? And yet. You know, black people can be among the most uh, among the most religious people, and I don't mean just Christians. I mean because, frankly, frankly, Allah hasn't fixed it either. You know, and uh, and the the Latinx or the 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 indigenous population that speaks Spanish, let's put it that way. Many, most, a vast majority of them are are Catholics. And the Catholic Church was as cruel as any of them. The residential schools were all run by churches. And yet we're okay with that? We're okay with that enough to say, oh, let's build some on our territories now. Yeah, let's bring them in. Yeah, we, we, we kind of like that. I mean, they literally say, and I say they, I mean Europeans, white people. Well, you know, yeah, they lost their land and their culture and their lives, but they got the Bible, fair trade. Every one of us that goes into and goes in with that Bible, we're saying that's yeah, it was yeah, it was fair trade. It was good. It's all right. I mean, it's all good because we're Christians now. We're Americans now, really. So it was worth it. 
I mean, look, there are literally people who today still, now I'm not just talking about Donald Trump. There are many people throughout the last couple hundred years who say, look, whatever we have to do to the native people, including eliminating them, if they can't accept and and worship the way we do and live the way we do, if they can't see the benefit, you know, that, that it's a good trade, then you know, it's it's because they're ignorant. They're primitive. They don't know any better. And so they'll literally suggest that that whatever Native people have experienced, whatever genocide we have experienced, and whatever genocide anybody's experienced, if we're to believe what we're told, that it's God's will, that it's all God's will. Well, and I got an easy solution other than just hating on God is to say, no, it's not. Whatever that, look, and there's a difference between suggesting that there's a higher being and that there's a higher power. Now, the whole intelligent design thing, nah, I'm not, buy, I'm not buying it. And look, I know many of you do. I, I get it. You know, some of you are, you guys are devout Christians. You're patriotic Americans. You you think whatever white people told you had to be true. And I, and I get that. But your kids are not as convinced. And I say that because we're with each generation, there's a little bit more critical thinking to, to some of the stuff. I mean, because why, why? Because it doesn't make sense. I mean, the earth is 5,000 5, years old. Isn't that what they say? Uh, yeah, I think five, yeah, according to the Bible, it's only 5,000 years old. Oh, the dinosaur bones? That's just a test. Satan put those there. <laughs> that's just to test you. To test your faith. I mean, come on. <laughs> it, there's too much of it. It just doesn't make sense, folks. And you know what else doesn't make sense? If you try to say take it literally, our creation story. I know, I know, I know. There's a bunch out there saying, oh, the hell you say. <laughs> yeah, that's a Christian thing too, right? The hell. Yeah, the hell you say. No, because the, our creation story wasn't meant to be a history story. It's a story that is told to learn about our place in creation. It's it's a it's teachable. It is not meant to be a literal explanation of where we come from. Because at the origins of our at, at our beginning, we didn't even have language. I'm not saying we didn't have thought. So when people say, well, yeah, this is the way it was. Well, how would you possibly know? How could you have communicated? No, we developed a story that can, I mean, that literally is a metaphor for life, for birth. That's what the creation story is. Coming through, living in water, you know, being born to water. No, and you don't take my word for it. I mean, I, I understand people have have their beliefs, and and I'm, and yes, I am challenging some of that. But there's a reason I want to challenge some of it because the problem is, if you if you believe all of this stuff, it relieves you of any responsibility. You know, the the Christian said, "Blessed are the meek, for they will will inherit the earth." There is no, I mean, and that's a famous line. And what is the purpose of that? To subdue people. Say, oh, no, no, look, don't rise up and fight off your oppression. Because in your next life, you're going you're gonna to inherit all this. So, you know, live with the hand that God dealt you. You're a slave. You're oppressed. You're, you know, genocide's being committed against you. It's okay. I mean, and, and see, they always want to paint the Christians as the ones who were the, the ones that were having the, the targets of all this stuff. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know that the Christians have inherited the earth. I mean, honestly, there, there are more, you know, Muslims than there are Christians <laughs> in the world um, by a lot. And, and I honestly, I think if anybody was honest with their polling and especially if you you know, if you did a little bit of an inquiry on somebody's religious beliefs you find that most people don't believe any of it even the ones who say they do 
You ask him the most the most basic question. Try asking Donald Trump about Christianity. <laughs> just just think of the answer you're going to get from that moron. Yeah, I'd be Christian my ass. Come on, come on. All right, where's the bottom of the hour? So we're going to take a break here. But when I come back, I when I come back, I want to get to the point of all this. And the point of all this is we have responsibilities. We can affect change. It isn't predetermined. There isn't some intelligent designer up there who's just playing us like a bunch of little ants in an ant farm. So we'll talk about that when we come back. I'm John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. We'll be back after a few minutes. Lost a life today. back this is john kane and this is let's talk native um again we do step on a few toes along the way and that's what that's what i said so we're um i'm i'm stepping in pretty deep with this one i realize that but and so before i go any far let me uh, let me thank my sponsors and hopefully i don't lose any <laughs> no and i feel pretty confident i'm not but uh i want to thank ross and holly john and the rje family of businesses i want to thank uh, eric white and erw enterprises 
um, and my good friends up at uh, Grand River Enterprises and Native Wholesale Supply. And of course, uh, a few of you look. I, I uh, posted. I did post my PayPal account. So if anybody's asking, and a few people stepped up, I, a few dollars uh, came this way. Not, not enough to buy the equipment we need yet. But uh, if you look on my Facebook page, I do have a link to uh, to the PayPal me uh, link for Let's Talk Native. Um, uh, if you want to contribute to the show um, or to our new equipment purchases uh that's an easy way to do it so um uh but i do i do appreciate the people who support the show especially these the um, my main three sponsors the ones who um really enable us to do what we do every week um but i also want to thank all of you who who share the shows and who listen to the shows obviously if you're not gonna share if you didn't listen um and and my wife in particular who shares the show on a bunch of uh, uh group pages i you know i appreciate it and look i also appreciate those of you guys who comment and who will offer uh, perhaps a criticism maybe a suggestion uh i get a lot of people send me links you know to come up with a, a new theme every um every you know three times a week with doing two of these shows uh here in our LTN studios and a show in New York. Um, you know, I do overlap them a little bit sometimes, but uh, it, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. You know, my, my buddy Matt posted um, the um, video, the animated video for um, for uh, the the Hiawatha story, the, the Ganawida story, the beginning of the, um, you know, the, the, the Ganyana Logoa. And... You know, and and he put the challenges. Everybody okay with this? And, and no, I wasn't. I th- I think it was. I like the idea of creating a video that tells our stories, but but again, you can see how how it's how bastardized the story got. I mean, they talked about prophecy. They talked about you know, um, you know, all these spiritual beings, these supernatural creatures, and everything else. And instead of uh, sticking to some of the basics. And and look, I realize we can embellish things for a story, but this seemed almost like Disney because it was such an embellishment, and and the story ends up being a version that most of us are unfamiliar with because I I don't know if it was all just creative license for making a video, but that's kind of and that video is one of the reasons I'm doing this show because I think we do have to understand that we had we learned over the years we didn't have divine intervention you know so when i hear people say well lacrosse is a creator's game he he gave us a game he gave us he gave us a language look i'm not going to take take away credit from the, my ancestors the people who who developed some of these 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 important elements of our culture to suggest that somebody that it was just all that we're just too stupid to develop a language or a sport you know, or or any of the things that we do that are that are part of our enriched culture, that we we couldn't have done it if if the, if the creator didn't spoon feed us this stuff. No, our people were are were intelligent beings. So I will not sell short those people who came before me. And look, I'm not saying I agree with everything. Obviously, you know, this show is, is evidence of that. But I think it's it's important that that for for people to understand that these stories are not what the you know Christian or otherwise are not what defines us. I mean, and I say this even about again the, the romanticizing of war, for instance. Look, if you're 75 years old and you're still identifying yourself by something that you did for five years of your life in armed combat? Man, I hope you did more with your life than that. And you probably did. I mean, uh, so I mean, when people talk about the code talkers, I mean, I don't know how many years any of these guys were in the, in the actual service of the, uh, of the United States military having our language exploited by them. I don't know how many were and for how long. But these guys, you know, who the, some of these guys are in the look. There's only a few left, but they had whole lives. They had children and grandchildren, great grandchildren. Some of them were, were were great men, and some of them were jerks. A couple of them went to prison. You know, I mean, for for screwing their own people. So no, I mean, I I think we have to look at our people and our and our culture. It, in its entirety 
not try to reduce it down to some narrowed belief view of a belief system. We have responsibility. It isn't, our lives are not predetermined. Those prophecies, what people call prophecies, at best, they were warnings. I mean, if, if, so if a prophecy doesn't come true, does that mean it was a false prophecy? Or are we smart enough to say, look, it wasn't really a prophecy, it was a warning that if we didn't do certain things, that, that these terrible things are going to happen. Well, that's not prophetic. That's, you know, that's, that's trying to project cause and effect. And why would you do that? To affect behavior. No, you're not going to burn in hell or you're not going to go to heaven. But if we don't do the right things, then we're condemning our children, our grandchildren, and, then, and the seven generations to follow us and beyond. To the peril that we created because of our own greed, our own selfishness, our own irresponsibility. And why would we be irresponsible? Well, perhaps because we were told that we we're going to inherit the earth so we could just be meek and not have to stand up to change anything. We can just keep doing what, what always has been done. We can accept the hand that God gave us. Or we can say, no, God didn't, didn't hand down slavery and genocide. Some white men did that. And we're not going to tolerate it. We're going to stand up for it. I mean, Jeff Sessions and some of these, these Bible-toting politicians, they will honestly tell people that if a government exists, then it is it wouldn't exist if God didn't approve it. So, in other words, they're trying to say all governments that, that exist today are sanctioned by God. And to oppose your government is to be is to oppose the Bible, is to oppose God. I mean, these guys literally say this crap. I mean, and it's not just people say, well, if you don't support Trump, then you're committing a sin. No, this isn't even about Trump. I mean, it is now, but it, it's, this is what, what some of these right-wing evangelistic, you know, evangelical right would have you believe. So I come down to some simple questions. All right, so when you're on Facebook and you see that a friend is going through some tragedy and you say, oh, I'm sending my thoughts and prayers, are you really... I mean, maybe you're sending your thought. You just clicked it on your with your mouse, and you you know you press send or whatever else. But how many of you who say I'm sending prayers actually do that? I mean, do you get on your knees by your bed and bow your head and you know and do the whole thing? Do you actually pray for people, or do you just say that you do because you're posting it on Facebook? So now. Facebook has made it so easy that you don't have to do anything. You can just post it, and then it's done. Oh, yeah, I said I sent prayers. So, yeah, I did. I did. I, did. I didn't actually pray, but I sent it on Facebook because I said the word. Really? I mean, even the Pope, the, the modern Pope, says, if you pray to end hunger, then you got to feed somebody. Otherwise, you're not really praying to end hunger. You're just saying some words. If you have a loved one in trouble or somebody you care about who's struggling, if all you do is pray for them or tell them that you pray for them and you don't offer or perform some gesture, some act of kindness, look, we could argue that telling somebody you're praying for them is an act of kindness. Well, I'll tell you, that's a pretty shallow act. I mean, I tell people, I will tell somebody, you're in my thoughts, but I will make a conscious act effort I mean not even effort it's not even effort but if I tell somebody they're in my thoughts it's because they're in my thoughts and I have my prayers I don't do that but then I want to offer at least some words of encouragement and not that I'm just trying to invoke some long shot at divine intervention because I gotta tell you if we're praying for a cure if we're praying for relief from genocide, like that, how's that been working out? You know, one of the things I remember a few years ago, 
there was a there was a time in the news there were, there were two kids who were missing and I've talked about this on the show before there was a 12 year old girl who was missing and a 12 year old boy who was missing. completely different scenarios but they were both in the news at the same time they found both the boy was just lost in the woods and he survived you know several days you know he's only I, I don't know if he was 12 or 10 I don't remember how but young young boy anyway but he survived and rejoined his family and so what did the family say oh we want to thank God for answering our prayers for returning our little Johnny back to us we're so grateful we're so blessed by God and we want to thank all of you who prayed for us for helping us helping God to return our, our son to us well, a little girl was found too. Raped and murdered behind a dumpster. So apparently God didn't answer their prayers or any of the people who were praying for the return of this little girl. So apparently God made a choice, if you believe any of this stuff, that the little boy lost in the woods was to be saved. Now, and here's the crazy, here's the twisted part. Because what 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 somebody's going to have you believe? Well, God wanted that little girl, so He chose her to. Then why did he, she have to get raped and murdered? I mean, if you look, if, if God just wants some of us up there in heaven with Him for some reason, if you believe all that stuff, if, you, if that's what He, why can't He just take some? Why do people have to get be tortured with cancer? You know, or have their flesh burned in a home or be nuked by, you know, a, tom- or a bomb or a tsunami. Why, why do people have, to have go through such pain and suffering? And, and so if, if you twist all those around, you say, well, that way we can, we can justify everything. It was God's will. So it was God's will that this little, this little lost little boy could be, could be saved or, or would be found and live. It, but it was also God's will that, that this terrible thing happened to this little girl. I mean, I watch a sporting event and watch somebody hit a home run and then, you know, bless himself. Like, do you think that's that God's a baseball fan? You know, he Sammy Sosa hit the home runs because, because God helped him swing the bat? I mean, every time I hear somebody, well, first thing I got to thank God. Well, you, you think God won you the Oscar or the MVP trophy while there is such misery and suffering happening all you think he took time out of torturing people to give you an Oscar oh look we've got to we got to walk some of this back here we got to we've got to take a little bit of a little bit more responsibility because it is pointless to have hope if you're not willing to work to make that hope a reality because if all you're going to do is get on your knees and pray or tell people that's what you do because <laughs> I don't believe half the people saying that they're praying are actually doing it I mean, that's just me I'm cynical but there are things that we can do by all means, look. If if prayer helps you clear your thought, like you know meditation, if if it's a if it's a process that helps you map out the good deeds you're going to do, then by all means do it. Then pray for people, but follow up that prayer with what that, those moments of solitude should have taught you. Yeah, I prayed for somebody, and you know what? I'm going to go buy them chicken wings. I'm gonna bring them. I'm gonna bring them some some spaghetti from chefs. I'm gonna, you know, bring them some chicken wings from Duff's. I mean, I, I, I'm something, you know. And we do that. When, you know, look when when there's a, a a death, you know, in a community, you know, people bring by food and stuff like that. Jesus, why didn't they bring it by before the person died? I mean, it's, it's like we miss the the point because you. Know, I'll tell you. An act of kindness, you it's you can't even measure it, right? I mean, 
a simple thing like holding a door for somebody. These these small kinds of gestures. You know, can change a person's day. Look, and and this is, you know, kind of the point where in having the discussion before the show. When people think that that God, you know, specifically intended man to be this superior being, that it's that that we are proof of an intelligent designer. No, the likelihood is, statistically, biologically, scientifically, it's just dumb luck. It's just happenstance. The planet happens to be in that sweet spot where water can exist and air and, you know, and, and, and us. And there's probably, uh, could be a, a million other places just like this somewhere in the universe. But the the whole idea that that we are we were special, and that some some intelligent designer decided to put the fate of the world in our hands, well, that was a bad decision because we suck. I mean, we do we do terrible things to each other. We do terrible things to the people we love, let alone the people we hate. And we don't even have to hate people to, to, to do terrible things. No, we just put on a uniform and have somebody else tell us what we're supposed to do. Well, who do I shoot? Who do I fly this drone to and drop a missile on people? I don't have to, I don't have to hate them. It helps. It helps. If you hate the people you kill. Because then you can probably get away, you know, your conscience may not have to bother you quite so much. But you don't have to. Look, native people... They had no reason to hate Germans or, or Japanese or anybody else. Hell, even Hawaiians. Even the Hawaiian people did, didn't hate Japanese, even after they bombed Pearl Harbor, because they weren't bombing Hawaiians. They were bombing Americans, militarizing their island unlawfully, illegally occupying their, their lands. We have to take some responsibility with our, for our lives and, and stop thinking that whatever we're doing, I mean, look, I, it doesn't, so much of it is just completely inconsistent. Why vote if it's all predetermined? I say why vote for a couple of other reasons, but I mean, why take care of your health? Why be nice to anybody? I'll tell you why. Because it makes no sense not to. You don't have to be mean to people. People don't have to treat people cruelly. You don't have to hate people for the color of their skin or because they believe in some other fairy tale than the one that you believe in or because they they love somebody that's different than you or or worse yet, just because they live in a different place than you. That's the reason. That's the reason they hate people. Of course it's not. If you believe, if, if you have a, a religious belief that that can justify the hatred and the uh, and the violence that exists in this world today, look, I you know some of the the, the most elaborate, iconic religious images I've ever seen were tattooed on gang members. Yeah, the Virgin Mary. <laughs> all kinds of religious symbols. So yeah, I've seen all kinds of incredible religious, iconic religious images tatted all over gang members. Who don't give a rat's ass about religion? So, again, getting back to us, Native people. We have to understand a little bit more and, and dig a little deeper when we understand what parts of our culture have been um, altered and they have been manipulated, have been rewritten. And a lot of it, you know, has um, look, and I, I've talked about this before, a lot of it just has to do with the influence of Christianity. Look, I hear a lot of Native people talk about, oh, somebody, you know, making their journey to the sky world. 
because they're passing. Look, that that in and the way it was taught to me is that when we pass away, we're returning to our mother, not going to the stars. Look, when we talk about the stars being our most distant relatives, I know on Lion King they say that those are our ancestors, right? That's what Simba or you know Mufasa tells us. <laughs> Look, we're not a Disney cartoon, all right. The stars are not our ancestors. We call them our distant relatives because they are the most distant things that we can even see. But even then, we know we have a relationship to them. But you know, do you know where life comes from? It comes from the earth, from our mother. All of our lives, plant life, you know, every every bit of it, you know, single cell organisms it all comes from from the earth not from the heavens so when we do a funeral the way it was taught to me we we talk about our our loved ones returning to our mother we even buried our 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 relatives in a certain way so the sun would would warm them and in, in the as as we returned them to to their mother See, now Christianity made it all different. Now we got to talk about the creator. Oh, my, my love went to the creator. What, where, who is the creator in our, in our creation story that they're talking about? We don't have a God figure in the creation story. So why do we do it? I'll tell you why. Christian influence. But see, if we understand our place in creation, and that it isn't this like, I mean, you know, part of the what religion attempts to do is to subdue us. It, it it comforts us in our misery. How is it that that black people could be so religious after their experience of of of, of the transatlantic slave trade and and being bred as slaves and traded as slaves, being treated in such a way? How could I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because it's, it, 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 we, we treat it as, as a, a sedative to ease the pain. It doesn't matter that it's not real. We have responsibility to each other, not just to pray for each other, but to do for each other, for do for our, to do for our community, to do, do for our, even the people who aren't a part of our community. We should have a human obligation to care. And not because it's going to get us into heaven. It's because it makes the world that we live in today better. It makes the world that our children are going to live in better. It doesn't make the world a better place if we kill each other develop weapons of mass destruction, create inequity so we have poor people and rich people. And we're coming into the holidays here. And for the life of me, I don't know how you deal with children and tell them to believe in Santa Claus. And then when they got to go to school, they said, geez, I must not have been good because I didn't get, you know, a, a, a new PlayStation 4. I I didn't get the, the latest, you know, whatever the latest gadget is. Some kids are going to get those things. Not from Santa Claus. But if you keep these kids believing in, in this part of the fairy tale, I mean, and you can go beyond Santa Claus, right? Because if you believe in the rest of it all, then how is it you have some people who are complete jerks the worst human beings on the planet living in laps of luxury. And the luxury that they're living in comes at the cost of other people. We, we need to understand the role of equity and, and fairness. Instead of saying the system dictates it the other way. Because what system are you talking about? Systemic racism? You know, institutionalized religion? 
capitalism, we have responsibilities. And that responsibility starts with being a part of creation, not masters of it, or not believing that we've been that we're we're the chosen ones by some divine interaction. No, it's just dumb luck that we were an intelligent enough species to survive in spite of our frailties. And we have many. We have many. We can't fly. We don't run real fast. We're not that strong. We get sick. We're weak. But we're supposed to be smart. Maybe. So I don't know. I don't know if God is dead. Don't know if he ever was. But I do know one thing. We're here. And the power of creation doesn't tell us to praise the power of creation. The way it was taught to me is that we're supposed to acknowledge the evidence of creation and be responsible to it. That's what I advocate. All right, folks. Peace be with you. We'll see you. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.